Diamonds in my teeth, I got a lot of shine. Running up the number, that's a lot of crime. Try to take it from me, must be out your mind. I'm getting time, got a sign. Smokey in the air, that's a lot of crime. Pockets running over with the dollar sign. Try to take it from me. Fourth and one, episode forty-one. Gail, I got, I got your part for you. Hey, you know, you know, sometimes there's technical difficulties. I'm here. Echoes over here. Welcome to episode two forty-one of uh, Fourth and John. We have the honor of interviewing the Icebox, Jerry Ball, today. Uh, former Detroit Lions player, spent a lot of time in the league. Uh, looking forward to hearing what he has to say. And honestly, I mean, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but uh, coming into this game two and five, it's not. I don't have all the confidence in the world. Uh, going up against a Detroit Lions team who we think we should be able to beat. But, uh, I mean, expectations right now uh, couldn't be any lower for this team. Where, where do you guys stand? Yeah, I agree. I mean, what is there to look forward to? I mean, we're 2-5. and five, They're 0-6. Oh uh, this could go either way. Um, the expectations for us to go ahead and win this game uh, a few weeks ago were, you know, super high. But now the way we've been playing and uh, the way our offense and defense is set up, it definitely could go uh, Detroit's way and, you know, we could get upset again, um, you know, giving Detroit that first win that they, you know, are looking so hard for and we might be the reason to go ahead and give it up. So, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, the, the, the confidence level is definitely low, bro. Yeah. Without further ado, let's, uh, let's bring the man of the hour in, Mr. Jerry Ball. How you doing, sir? Oh, man, I'm great. I'm great. How you guys doing? We're hanging in. We would be doing a little bit better if uh, our team was doing better, but I'm sure you feel the same way. <laughs> man, I, I tell you, I, I would tell you, it, it, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know which one of us is the highest on the cliff, but we're <laughs> definitely toward the bottom of the mountain right now. Both yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously, we're coming from a space right now where we have uh, just a locker room and a coaching staff, as Eagles yeah. fans, I'm speaking, uh, that is in, like, shambles right now. So I, I want to know, um, you know, we're in a very vulnerable state right now. We have no direction as a team. And when we go to our head coach for answers, he gives us these analogies like watering flowers and fertilizing our garden to help growth. Um, you, as a former player, can you tell me what the importance of keeping these locker room conversations in-house are? Well, I, I, I'll tell you, you know, um, early on in my career, Darrell Rogers was the coach. of the mm -hmm. And he would get up and give us philosophy and talk Socrates and things like that. And the way that he presented it, it, it became comical. But then along came Frank Gans, who was a special team guru. Mm -hmm. And he's in there telling us stories about Genghis Kong and the Manga Dai and how trained they were, where when they would ride their horses, they were trained to shoot the arrow with their feet off the ground. And he wanted us to be just as you know, precise with the things that we do, that we would throw a block on it. If he said on the 22nd yard and things like that. So there are ways of using parables to teach. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of whether or not the players respect his word, mm -hmm. the coach's word. Is he displaying something that would make that analogy, you know, applicable to what they need to do on the field? 
And I heard about, you know, the the seed and the roots and the growing and things like that. And I'm a gardener, though. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so I understand the principle. It takes a while. And right. you got to put in your work and get in the soil, get your hands in the dirt so right. that you can make it grow and all that and stuff. <laughs> but somebody better be able to run a football, catch a football, throw a football. Yeah. And the coach yeah. got to put them in the best possible position to win. So there are some things you can take from the parable, but it's about really how does that apply and how they're going to coach through these different lessons. Mm -hmm. You know, because even with the Lions and, and Philadelphia both being, you know, I guess you say waning as yeah. teams right yeah. now, um, they're going to have to find a way. And each one of them are trying to find an identity. I mean, literally both of them. You got a new coaching staff with Detroit. You got a new quarterback. You got new personnel. And the coaches inherited the, the personnel, too. So it's not even the players that you necessarily would have chosen. And I think it's the same with the Eagles. Now, I have been surprised, and I don't mean to be long-winded no, about it, but I've been surprised with – why it's always this talk of trading Jalen Hurts or all that. And the team has never, ever been given to him. Just trading Flacco is the first sign that there's some confidence that they feel they at least got one quarterback that they can go forward with. Right. You know, so I think that it's still ruling and guys getting acquainted in systems. I know in Detroit, they're struggling because – you know, one all of the receivers that was a part of what they went to camp with, most of them are hurt. Yeah. So now yeah. you have guys that would have been the third and fourth receivers are asked to be the number ones and twos. Mm. So, it, but anyway, so I think that a lot of that has to do with you know how guys really you know respond to his teachings. Oh, okay. So with the fact that you ended up explaining that to us and us being fans, um. Mm -hmm. And trying to get a better understanding on what he was trying, like that that message that he was trying to get out. So you're gonna go. You can easily tell me that, uh, like, would it make sense that we would have to be in a player's position or a player's spot to really get that message that Nick Sirianni was trying to go ahead and uh, you know send out to the players? Because I mean, you you just broke down something to, similar what? to what Detroit coaching staff ended up telling you guys a long time ago. Is that is that yeah. what we have to do? I guess we need to be in the in the player's perspective to understand that. Well, here here's what I'm saying. Sometimes in those teaching points, a coach can talk about something and he can go to the film and he can point to it and say, "Hey, this is confirming validity that if you do X, keep inside leverage is going to give us disadvantage." All right? So that's a coaching point. And that's specific to something. So there's that type of teaching. That's the type of teaching that Frank Gans would teach. But he would tell us that, okay, we're trying to play this in a technical way, mm -hmm. not just be in position or line up where the X and the O is. No, we're going to coach it through the techniques all the way to the fundamentals, from the alignments to the assignments to the technique. Now, the reason why he was using a parallel of Davis Kong and the yeah. Manga Dye in their training was because he was wanting us to know that it requires going to the details. And sometimes coaching 
it's like playing Madden football. You know, you think you can punch up, play, and, you know, like it show up on the screen. No, that guy that we had designed in, in practice was six yards outside the tight end. Now this guy's actually, you know, 12 yards outside the tight end. So now we got to make an adjustment, mm-hmm. you know? So there's ways that, again, fans see it and they can't see it, but it's about what their issues are and so, if they trust this word, what so he's saying. I have a follow-up question on that one. Is it the, okay. is it the generations of, of like, the players now? Your generation back in the day, it seems like you got the message loud and clear. Today's generation yeah. of players – they looked at that as like, what the hell are you talking about? Exactly. It don't connect. And, and, and most of that is because, you know, you know, fundamentally, you know, the way history has been presented, you know, from school to the things that they had to do as athletes to get to this level, it's the same and it's not the same. You know, the media, the social media, you know, what being verified means. Mm-hmm. Shit. You know, what the hell you mean verified? You know? What's the shit? I know I'm Jared, you know? I look, I, I'm just learning these terms and this is <laughs> so so shit. Does that mean that I'm verified gonna whoop your ass on Sunday? <laughs> Hey, we need an all-pro check mark, Jerry. (laughs) Hey, well, listen, this is what I would tell him. Then read the article before I get that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry I'm coming in late. I missed uh, part part of it. I had technical difficulties. He was hearing some echoes. Sound like there's some ghosts behind me. But I I think we're talking about messaging. And, and like, recently we had Fletcher Cox, who was pretty much the leader of the defense, come out and talk about um his, his his role on the defense i don't get paid to you know tackle dudes on screens and you, coming from a former dt uh all pro pro bowler three times like you know speak to that idea the the mentality of um a defensive tackle and it for for a guy like fletcher cox to come out and speak yeah. that has to be some of the messaging that's coming from the locker room as well so i mean he's coming out talking yeah. about the yeah. scheme uh, if yeah. you were in Fletcher Cox's position, what would you? How would you feel? Well, uh, you know, I've been in that. I've been that guy. All right, and and I could give you a number from college when we go from a thirty-four to a four-man front. You know, and if I stay at the thirty-four, I'll probably get drafted in the first round. All right, but we changed that scheme. But at the pro level, this happened when I actually was traded from Detroit. And I actually came to Cleveland, and this is Belichick's first job. Yep. And, you know, I'm in a four-man front, but I'm excited because it's Micah Dean Perry and I on the inside. So that means, hell, I'm not catching all the attention shit. You know, (laughs) I'm getting to catch a block singled up here and there. And one day, Bill comes in, literally in the defensive line room, and I would say that I was playing, I was playing Michael Dean on on film, but it wasn't the scheme Bill wanted. Okay, and Bill came up on the board. 
He said, look here, Jerry, you're doing a great job, but this is what we need you to do. We need you to hold the middle and have Micah Dean force it, and then the backers will flow. But by you holding the point, it actually creates the stability that we need in the defense to run this scheme. And if you look at every nose guard that played for Belichick after me, Ted Washington, Vince Woolfolk, yep. myself, we all built the same, and we was all asked to do the same job, which means that's the scheme. Now, Fletcher being a defensive tackle that has been successful rushing the passer and getting sacks, that's how he got his money. And when I was leaving out of the game, it was how players were defined that would separate the type of money that they would make. As an example, in Minnesota, I'm an older guy, and I come out of retirement, and Chris Dolman and I, and these guys refuse to call themselves defensive linemen. They say, no, we rush men. We rush men, especially the defensive men, because if they defined as a rushman, then when they go to the table, then they're put at that salary cap that, that, or that salary pay. So that's part of what Fletcher said when he said, I'm not being paid to tackle the actual screen or, or to do what's called a cop technique, where you make the play, you the second guy. You're not necessarily the guy that will force to make the play. You then support to clean it up. And that's kind of what they're asking them to do. So that's scheme. Now, also when age becomes a factor, sometimes a player in our mind, we feel we can do some of the things we did when we were three, four years younger, but we can't. And our game, because my game went from sideline to sideline, to tackle to tackle, to guard to guard. Mm -hmm. Okay? As I got older. Because I couldn't really get out there as much. I couldn't, you know, I'll run the, the Monty Dawson and stuff. You know what I mean? So those are some of the things that make the decisions. But but for their scheme, whatever they're asking him to do, I promise you it's about the whole defense. It's not about hit him and whether or not he's going to get 10-plus sacks this year. Now, uh, Jerry. And if you don't buy, well, let me say this. And being that he is the leader on that line, every team defensive line sets the tone for the team, the toughness and everything. And when the defensive line is disruptive, it can kind of create a kind of disruption in the locker room. Now, because he's the leader, though, he has to be careful that he doesn't let his personal affect how it actually have other guys reacting versus responding to what the coach is asking them to do because everybody's there to do a job, you know? And if you don't want to do it, then that's where they'll tell other guys that we'll find somebody that will. Right. So. Right. Now, um, you're quoted as maybe one of my favorite quotes ever. Now, uh, a nose tackle can only be played by a man with a neurological disorder. Could you just expand <laughs> on what you meant by that and uh, just what like what you mean by that mentality that's required to play uh, nose tackle? Well, well, here's the deal. You know, the one thing about it, you don't have, have to ask whether or not it's in practice or in the game. You are going to get hit. 
you're walking out there knowing that somebody is going to hit you today, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's a mindset, all right? It ain't no one of those things where a receiver where, you know, you play a game and you might get three, four balls and you get tackled, but you don't get popped. Playing those guards, you know you're going to pop because they have free shots at you. While you're dealing with one guy, while I'm fighting the center, the guard can tee off on me. So you have to learn how to protect yourself. But it's one of those deals where it's when you go to play that game, it's specific that it's the toughest position on the field. And, and, and bar none. And, and anybody that says it's not, tell them to go down there. You could, it's guys that are defensive ends that you could name that are Hall of Famers and you could tell them to go down and play over that center all game, and they'll tell you, "No, nah, we're not. I'm not gonna do that <laughs> because it's too much traffic, and you got the guards on both sides. Mm -hmm. When you playing on one side, you got one gap, one man, and you can kind of see that. But when you're in the middle, you got to see it coming from both ways. I heard you know, and that's the difference. The peripheral I vision is a must. I heard. I heard Fletcher Cox talking about, he's like, I'm tired of getting have 600 pounds landing on me after a while. Exactly. I'm going to get aggressive. And, it, you know, sometimes it'll, it'll play against me. But I, he sounded like he was tired of it. But Well, well, let me tell you, but but you see, you're damn right he's tired of it. I mean, everybody would be tired of it. But you see, here's the deal with it. And, and I say this, Warren South was a great player, right? But it would have been the same for Warren. These guys have in their football fundamentals, they didn't get taught how to play with their hands, separate the man, control the man, and read the man. That's not the technique that they learn how to play. They, they stopped teaching those fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So the way to play the 34 defense, I could teach him. And it's really fighting one man and learning how to move your body so that when he put the pressure on your shoulder, it's actually pushing the weight against the other guy that's blocking you. Yep. So you're taking your strength and his push, and you're creating a separation that allows you to get in the gap. But that's a technique. That's not just running in the gap. And when you've only been able to run in the gap, your hand placement is very different. You running in the gap, you running on the edges. When you playing in front of the man, you got to be able to control him. And then if the ball go to the left, then control that shoulder so that you can break free left. All right. And if they doing a cross and all, it's just, it's a different game. And when I say a lot of traffic, you, 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 a nose guard vision is as good as a running back vision has to be to run a trap. I believe Jerry, Jerry, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, we might need a defensive consultant. Yeah. So, you know, I was just you, getting ready to say that. <laughs> hey, well, look, hey, man, look, shit, I'm ready to play. Wait, let me get my. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I got I my shit right there, right? Uh, I see. You ready to go all the time. <laughs> right now. Yeah. I see. I, I see how you got all lined up perfect, man. I, I yes, love sir. the jersey. I love, I love the whole background oh, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I thank you. That's all the teams I played for from college going that way in the order. So that's kind of how I set it up. My my daughters, they helped me set it up. You know, they got the my they they can do shit we don't with speed. They can do things in a way that we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know how to hook it up. With all the places that you've played at, where's where, where's your favorite one out of all of them? 
Oh man, listen, different teams. I say Minnesota, it, when we go 15 to 1, had to be the most competitive and the most fun because you know, on week in, week out, you got Miles, Chris Carter, you're seeing some of the best football Robert Smith ever seen, a one two punch with Leroy Hard, and, 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 and you know, you got a chance to win. Now, that was probably the best in terms of the competitiveness. Now, I'm a Raider fan growing up all my life. My sister's godfather is Warren Wells. My father and all of them went to school, things like that. So I was always a Raider fan. So being able to, I played with the Raiders. I can't lie and say I didn't enjoy that. And that that was probably my biggest thrill. And I do believe that, you know, Al Davis as an owner was probably the best owner for me in terms of how he treated me and the latitude that he gave me as a player and the respect. You know, I, I really did love time there. Detroit as a city, you know, they're the people that gave me the break, right? And I can tell you, and Mr. Ford, he deserved the championship before he passed. He did. And he wanted to win. And I think in, in a lot of cases, the Lions have had some guys that was – I'd say administrating that way <laughs> that probably shouldn't have been at the helm because he wanted to win the game. But as a city, no city has treated me better than Detroit. Mm -hmm. So Detroit would be my favorite place. All right. I, you know, different keys and, and, Cle and Cleveland had the best, you know, fans because when we traveled, they had more fans than the Raiders and shit. You know, they everything. Yeah. Who had the best food? I mean, that's got to be important. Woo! Now, Lord, now let me tell you, now, you, I'm a fat boy. You know I check everywhere. What you, what you like? <laughs> tell me what you like. I'm going to tell I you mean, what they had, now. I mean, uh, based based off of your diet, based off the stuff that you like, what was your favorite? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to give you the fat, boy, the fat boy diet in every city, right? <laughs> I in Minnesota. They had this one restaurant called Palomino. So whenever I wanted some fine dining, I'd go there and eat that. But I like their lamb shank. But then they had this one place that was fat boy. And this is where the Detroit, this is where the D-line would go often when we would have the rookies place called J.D. Hearts. Man, they got this pork chop about that thick with some red bean fries. <laughs> oh, you talking about you bad boy? I'm telling you. <laughs> now, in, in, in Cleveland, they had this little bistro, Italian restaurant that I like. I forget the name of it, but I do know it was that family out of Detroit. It was one of their restaurants, um, a Cruise and Mules or something like that. That was one of Now, Detroit. Man, whew. you can talk about from New Parthenon, which is a Greek restaurant. I go in there and give me about 80 of them lamb chops, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you. He <laughs> reminiscing right now. What? <laughs> Remember that pork chop? And, oh, and, and, and listen, now, now, when, I, when I got out to L.A., I had to get used to rabbit food, so I ate a lot of salad and fruit in, in L.A. Yeah. That's a forgettable time. Hey, we'll, we'll feed you some cheesesteaks, uh, especially if out of, out of tailgate. We, Evan makes a, a really, really great cheesesteaks. If you're ever in Philly, out of tailgate, we will bless you. Highly recommend. Oh, man, I'll, I'll hey, hey, listen. 
<laughs> you owe me. You owe me because I, you know I, I got. got Listen, there, I got a lot of good friends out of Philadelphia, like from Lance Johnstone, who actually played at Temple, mm-hmm. Paul Palmer. That's one oh. of my boys. Keith Jackson was one of my boys, too. But Philadelphia man. is definitely one of them places I love, man. And, I, of course, you know, I love one of them cheesesteaks, man. Right, nice. Now, now uh, Keith in the chat asked, uh, how was it like playing with Randall? You know, yep. man, it's, I was on Pro Bowl team with Randall when we were young, right? Mm-hmm. And the Randall that was on the Vikings with us was very different as a man. He had matured a lot. He, he wasn't as... Um, Randall was quiet, but he wasn't friendly when he was <laughs> in his... <laughs> I said like that. You know? <laughs> this is the pain. This is stuff I need to hear. He's my, that's my favorite player. This is but 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 again, but I, I didn't have to see the one thing I none of us can do, and even I, you know, guys like Randall, Reggie, uh Barry, you know, those guys have a demand on them that we don't, right? So I'm not, you know, it could have been just a couple times, but, you know, I just, you know, your, your first time being around them, it's like if you're not at a function at the NFL, it's really at the Pro Bowl. You're kind of getting to see how everybody kind of move and stuff, who quiet, who stands by themselves, what guys kind of hang out, click up, you know, and things like that. But when we play with the with the Vikings, man, Randall was a very pleasant guy, and, you know, he was also – more in his faith walk too, in his spirituality at that time, you know. So, but you could see it was reflected in everything that he was doing in the way he was approaching life. It was different. And yeah, uh, Todd, you, you... Todd in the comments says, uh, Pro Bowl Randall was dating Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean, you know what I mean? That's telling tell him that's a different world, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about different worlds or. Are they different worlds? Um, the, the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, at, at this moment, you know, we're kind of like the bottom dwelling teams in the NFL right now. And it, this week, we we get an opportunity to go head to head for the first overall bowl. I don't know what you can name it, whatever you want to name it. I, I've I've been listening to a lot of Detroit Lion content creators, and they feel they feel like this is the week that the Detroit gets the monkey off their back. And catch it, catch it, catches a dub this week. Is that is that a is that a vibe that you're picking up with? I know. I mean, you're you're all pro, but you're also a Detroit Lion content creator. So I'd love yeah, to hear what you yeah. have to say. Well, honestly, I I feel that this week really do do present Detroit with probably its best chance for a win. You know, especially with some of the teams that they played here recently. Um, not saying that the Eagles is a duck, but it's definitely a bird. So the <laughs> can be plucked. <laughs> We're tired of getting plucked, man. <laughs> you know, just being honest. You know? <laughs> I mean, we have, we have a stat here that's gonna, you know, it, it's. Uh, I mean, Rue comes up uh, with some of the best stats out here. Um, this one's mind blowing here. Um, nope, that's sexy Fletcher Cox. Hold on. Uh, in the Eagles' first 1,285 games, they allowed eight quarterbacks to complete 80% of their passes. In the Eagles' last five games, they've allowed 
four quarterbacks to complete 80% of their passes. Uh, so the way our defense is set up uh, and the way that uh, we're not really protecting the middle of the field um, and, and Jerry Goff, I mean, it, like, it, you know, I, I know, I know your fan base is a little mixed, has mixed opinions on Jared Goff, but do you think he could uh, continue the trend um, against the Eagles defense? Well, with which trend? <laughs> I mean, 80% of his balls. Well, you back. know, well, if you throw an 80% and you lose in 100%, you know, but, <laughs> you know, which trend should we pay attention to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, um, no, Jared actually has played better in the last two weeks and stuff. Early on, the one thing about it is he was very nervous. You know, you can see quarterbacks that, you know, are kind of antsy in their feet, kind of how they sit when they're delivering the ball, how they're releasing, how they feel pressure, you know. You know, and sometimes you can feel pressure, but it's not so much pressure that will make you move. But he was moving in peripheral pressure, like shadow pressure, not the pressure where you can feel your lineman right up on you. So if he can stay in the pocket and and, and the offensive line give him enough time, he does get better. The other thing that he has a problem with is that he doesn't get through his progressions quick enough. So he's always giving the, the defensive lineman opportunities to get to him because he'll lock in on that number one and don't move to that second and third choice. So that's one of the things that he has to do better. Now, Jerry, I know that you have a uh, a clothing line uh, named Icebox out in Detroit, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, I've, I've had it, yes. Uh, so Todd wants to know just where, where's the, um, the genesis, where, where did that begin? How, how did you acquire the name Icebox way back in the day? Icebox actually is a, a name that I grew up with. And, you know, believe it or not, uh, my friends, again, you see that, there we go. Y'all always want to start talking about some of these fat boy things. Let me tell you, I was kind of, I was kind of chubby when I was growing up. <laughs> so my, my friend, you know how you be playing the dozens, right? Yeah. So we're sitting, you know, where we're from, we're in the South, we got ditches. So we playing football in the street and tackle on the side. So I hit him real hard. He said, that's why you got that guy from going to the refrigerator too much. <laughs> He say they gonna call you Icebox, and that's how it started. I got that name that way, Icebox, and all my life it stuck with Icebox. And, and, yeah, and when, and in high school, you know, at the games, they would, you know, freeze them up. Icebox, college pros, everyone. I, you know. I know they also called you the governor as well. Which one do you get more nowadays? Well, I'm always be Icebox, like you say. That's that's the nickname. But the governor aspect up in Detroit, that's kind of you know one of those things that a fan you got to be a fan from that era to really know. Got the you. young yeah. players, they don't know that, you know. Yeah. You yeah. you you have to give them a bio and say, you see that guy right there? He played ball in. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, with, with that with that being said, our 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 boy here, Evan, is the baby out of the crew. And we were talking the other day about Barry Sanders, and he told me that he watched a lot of YouTube videos on Barry because he didn't actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, he hasn't actually seen him play. You being his teammate back in the day, can you 
give some enlightenment on what it was like being on the field with that man. Hey man, listen here. I, I, I'm I, the closest thing, and I and I hope this can really one is poetry in motion when you're seeing it live. It becomes beautiful when you see it slowed down on film, right? Mm-hmm. But if you ever been to the circus. And you seen the guy working with those little white dogs, they call them Maltese, right? Yeah. My 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 wife and daughters them bought a Maltese seventeen hundred dollars. And I, I I swear I was like, hey, you better be breeding them or something. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the reason why I'm, I'm speaking to that Maltese is that. They use them in a lot of agility in the circus, but man, when I tell you this dog could make a stop and turn and do a 360 real quick, and Barry moves was just like that. Mm. It was something that you would think was cartoonish because he'll he'll be right here, jump right here, and then jump right back to the same spot mm. and make the guy miss. It yeah. was unreal. Guys would think he would be tackled and stopped. Yeah. And he's still running, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, damn, he's still up. You know, think- this guy was phenomenal. And then when the, this is the, another thing on the sideline, so you come off the line, the defensive line, they go sit down, and the first thing the coaches want to do in our day, they get the sheet, and then they want to sit down and go over what they didn't kind of caught on, on the camera. But then you see Barry making a move, but then you hear the crowd going, Ooh, 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 wow, woo, and all that. And then next thing you know, so you looking at the screen and it's like, did you see that? <laughs> you know? so, and the coach is like, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> so was there a, uh, was there like a certain, le- being playing against in practice, a, a legend like Barry Sanders, was there an extra level of accomplishment when you were able to actually bring him down? Listen, Barry in practice isn't Barry in the game, right? Okay. Because you know Barry, he Barry have on some long sweat pants, and it looked like he a slugger, <laughs> right? And he's just easing through it. No, no, he, he he don't even turn that on. Matter of fact, well, this is how Wayne, well Wayne Fonts made it this clear. So every year when the rookies come in, he say, "All right, come here." Quarterback, come stand right here. We say, this is the quarterback he has on this red jersey. You touch him, you get fined. Barry, stand up. That's number 20. You touch him, you get cut. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So Barry hey, didn't have to run from no one. <laughs> hey, 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 Jerry, hey, Jerry, could you clear this up for, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people will talk about Emmett Smith, and I'll talk about Barry Smith versus Emmett Smith. And I, being, I grew up during that time watching them play. I said, "Yo, you, if you gave Barry Sanders that that Dallas line, I'm like, there's no competition. Like, and there's no no offense. 3, I mean, no offense, 3, but I'm just saying, three thousand, three thousand, right? Three thousand. That's no bullshit. Three thousand. Yeah. Think about it like this, okay? If you calculated the number of times Barry was tackled for a loss, Loss, yes, 
okay, is because the line was getting dominated. Now imagine him being able to get to the line because his offensive line at least is going to get him to the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Just right there, you're going to pick up another 300 in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was always tackled a lot because the offensive line was patchy. The only time they had a real, this is the time, it's like 91. This is when we were getting good. Mm-hmm. And one of our players, we lost him in a horrible accident. He was cutting his his uh, land, and he was on the side of the road and got hit. His name was Eric Andersack, went to LSU. But it was Eric Andersack, Mike Utley, Kevin Glover, Ken Dafford, and Lomas Brown. That offensive line right there, that's when Barry was really turning it on from 89-92. That's the line he had in front of him. Utley got hurt. Yeah, the sack passing. So it never, but the Lions never made a move to go get guys neither. So that was one of the problems. But man, it's really no comparison, man. If you put you a matter of fact, you put Marshall Falk behind Dallas line, he gonna go for two two grand. Yeah, you know they had some special. That was a special line too, you know. But that's not to take anything away from Emmitt because I can tell you things that Emmitt did that none of no running back I ever seen. First, Emmitt was probably the hardest working running back I've ever seen. When we would go to camp, Emmitt would take every rep, and I mean he's working as hard as any rookie. He and Michael Irvin, you know, they they put in the work, man. They deserve everything that they've ever gotten. That's true. But that was that's what's called a vertical hole. And Dallas will run that. And you know, a lot of times you see they run the lead and then Emmett break off, break off that block. But sometimes that hole would be, I don't know if you can see this. Uh, I turn my head. Yeah, that's how the hole is. Uh-huh. But when he's running, that's how it looks. It don't even right. look like the hole is there. Emmett had the ability of being able to run up and hit the hole sideways and keep his straight momentum. Yep. Most backs can't do that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of backs, uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, I like, there's a long line of, uh, you know, running backs from uh, Detroit. And, you know, he's he's a younger dude uh, yeah. coming from – he's from the Philadelphia area. Um, Listen, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, how is his game? I mean, what what, what is what has his game been like um, Listen, for the he's Lions? Been the best, he's been the best light on the offense for the Detroit Lions, and I've said this early on in the season. You know, first of all, he, he reminds me of a Marshall Fall because, one, out in space and, and routes and, and catching and things like that, he gives the offense a totally different dimension. And when he's in the game, the Lions are a better offense because he also can he can run that ball, mm-hmm. you know? And after he gets the ball, whether or not you hand it to him or whether or not you throw it out in space, when he gets you out in space, he makes defenders missing. So he's a good back, and I think right now he's the best back. And if I was the Lions, I would only use Williams when he's tired, to <laughs> be honest. <laughs> Okay. I mean, Jamal Williams is another guy who I was I was super high on when he came out of the draft. Uh, I thought he had, you know, he 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 reminded me of a uh 
a, a low end Cadillac with dropped, like he he got the lean to him. You know, you you know you could uh you know he he's just he's just cool like that. Got a nice vibe to him. I mean, what yeah. what kind of presence has he brought to the uh, Lions running back group? Well, again, stability. You know, the one thing, and he's a nice change up. You know, and the change up is that, you know, the offense does go in a different mode and they run certain plays with him that's different than with Swift. They're not working him as much outside in the periphery. They keep him more side inside the tackle. But again, I think they are good complement to each other because two different styles of run. And then you also get an offense that's trying to find its personnel fit too. what back runs best behind that line. You know, sometimes a guy that can run behind zone blocking, you know, can be a better athletic back, but because he wants to turn that on, he might not be patient enough to run behind zone blocking because zone blocking is one that you got to let develop, whereas he want, needs to be one that's hitting a one coming downhill. So I think those are the compliments that they have with those two backs. Uh, now, Jerry, before we hopped on here, we we had a little conversation about uh, about this look you had going on here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, like I'm digging I'm digging the swirly mustache there, and uh, you said that you had a little something to say about uh, about your haircut. So, uh, well, anything that's... you want to shed some light on? <laughs> well, well, let's say how it started. I was asked, you said, "Oh, Jerry, man, look like you lost something up there," and it, it, it pointed to my. Hair. I said, "Man, it's a funny story behind this." So pandemic start, you know, my daughter moves in, you know, with her babies and stuff. So I have a tree. I, I, I hang up a swing that I told them today I'm going to hang the swing up and stuff. So so I'm swinging my grandkid in the swing and my and my daughter, she's taking a picture from behind, you know, just capturing the memory. This is pandemic time. So I hadn't been to the barber shop. I hadn't, you know, seen anything. I just been grooming on the front side. <laughs> so I, I told her, I said, <laughs> now I've been running my head, hand back there and I keep feeling it fall off, you know. <laughs> I keep feeling that slow fall off. So when she takes the picture, I said, well, send me the picture. I said, send me some of those pictures. She sends them to me. <laughs> I get the picture. And I look at it and I say, oh, no, baby. Oh, no, baby. No, no, don't let your daddy, don't, don't never let your daddy walk around like that. I said, if my head had that much bald spot in it, baby, just tell me. I, I, I got to take care of that. I had to cut it that day. <laughs> Listen, it's not, a, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a bad choice. You know what I mean? I look, yeah, look, look, man, bad look. Choice, man. Look, look, I, I, look, I surrender. Look, it's I used to tell my mom. I told my father, I said, look here, man, this is a couple of years ago before the pandemic. I said, hey, man, look, I'm not going to be one of them guys, man, that you got to keep up here making act like I'm, I got it up there. If I don't have it up there, let me know <laughs> so I can cut it. Hey, now, let, hey, let me, hey, let me hey. tell you, Jerry, I mean, I might not have the only safety on Eric Dickerson in this whole career, but you know what I do have? Oh, this guy! Oh, look at look at look at he's flexing. Look at he got he look he got that pretty hair. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Jerry, Jerry, I used to be a barber, and I used to talk to all the you know I, I friends come up like they're like they're like how 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 many how many years I got, man? 
then I, I'd, have to give him that, I'd have to give him that talk. I'm like, bro, you got about two months left. So you might want to figure some stuff out. So I was in the same boat. I was like, it would start to go on a little bit. I was like, you know what? I'm going to shave it before I need to even shave it. And people were just like, you went from an afro to a shave. I was like, yo, I just shave my head, man. That's what it is. Yeah, man. yeah. Hey, but you still you I still got the cool got the cool shades. I like I like uh, the beard, man. You got you, got, you, got, you, got you, you look man. good, Jar. Look good. Yeah, we, we try we try to keep a little look, you know. Even though <laughs> I'm, I'm a big boy, I try to keep it fresh, fresh and friendly, and, and, and keep plenty of fragrance around because I keep the fragrance. You know. <laughs> look here, look here. <laughs> I, I don't let them talk. Ain't no swag. big stanky here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not no big stanky here. They call me big sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Jerry, Jerry, you you need your own twenty four hour show. I don't know about you know hour podcast. You need you need your own show out there. But, hey, well, listen, I'm a, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna do one, you know. But you know, I hey, you guys are you know true. I guess you say hospitable host. You know, give it a little latitude to let me talk. Things, no, know, man, this like these these are kind of. These are the kind of gems that you want to hear. Like you, you know, a lot, a lot of players have experience and played long years, and you get thirteen years in the league. I mean, you've seen a lot, and you, I know you have a lot to share. And it's, it's always good to, you know, get these nuggets because where else are you going to hear these things from? Yeah, you know, yeah, like- I, I, absolutely. I agree. I agree with Gail. I mean, you, you touching upon like players that you used to play with, uh, coming up in the eighties. Keith Jackson was my dude. I loved Keith Jackson, yeah. one of the great, you know, great tight ends back in the day, man. And it was just like. You know, just I'm I'm curious to even oh, know man. what it was like playing against the man. You saying you're good friends with him and everything, but like him, oh. Keith Byers, all those guys back in the day. Oh man, ugly. listen, look, Keith, <laughs> Keith Byers, look, Keith Byers, Clyde Simmons, Byron oh, Evans, Wes wow, man, There you go. I love it. You know, listen, man, listen that that's my era. Yes, sir. You yes, know, sir. so so man, we had some great times and stuff, man. I would tell you, I probably was. During the time that I was in the Pro Bowl, it would always be Reggie, Jerome, and myself. And Jerome Brown and I, it, it, it was one of those little quiet, I guess you could say, rivalries. Because he and I both came out the same year, and it was always the talk between him, you know, I and stuff like that. So it was always a Philadelphia Eagle in the huddle with me in the yeah, Pro Bowl. That's the show. Love it. Jerry, is there any players that you can think of in the NFL right now who most resemble your playing style? Is there anyone that you see yourself in in the NFL? Listen, you know, I'm not just saying this because he is who he is. I I do think that there's a a level in his game that he's taking it to that, you know, if I was given the opportunity to play more on third down, I probably could have did as much as John Randall, Warren, and all of them and got more sacks. I mean, one year I led the Lions and sacked me and Mike Kofa at nine, and the next year because I wanted a contract, they took me off a nickel. So you talking about going from nine sacks one year to getting like three or four the next year, but the only reason is because you're not letting me rush the passer. Right. But I would say that Aaron Donald, from the standpoint of his physicality, mm. is probably one of the only players that I see that can play that technical style that we played in the day, whereas you had to actually beat the man. They called it Manu or Manu. Mm-hmm. That means man on man. Yes, sir. You yes, sir. know. Aaron Donald is the one that can do it. Now, Sue can as well. 
But I, I'd say Aaron Donald right now, to me, is the premier defensive yeah. line of the game. It, it, it's very rare that you find a defensive tackle with abs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, and, but, 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 but he, you he look at the work, though. <laughs> but look, look at look at the work. Nah, nah. See, mine came. Mine really come from beer, man. I'm you know, <laughs> I'm of beer. little beer here and there. You know, I'm not a real sweet eater, so it ain't it ain't it, it ain't no doughboy fat. Nah, this that this that this that this that hard, oh, this hard stuff. It, 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 it might look. It might be out there, but it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So, I, I, when was the last? I mean, when was the last time you uh, uh, watched the Alliance game live? Were you uh, at a game this this year so far? No, I, I hadn't been to one this year. I was actually going to try to get out there this week, you know, for Chris induction. This week is the actual alumni week, and mm-hmm. uh, but because of conflict schedules, I'm not going to be able to make it. But uh, last year was the time with the pandemic. You know, I wasn't really moving around. I sat, really sat down for a whole year. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And started thinking about your hair choices. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Am I going <laughs> to right, turn it right? Run it to the left? Oh man. Um. So I mean, so so what what is that stadium like playing in? Like, um, I know. The last time the Eagles played there was what 2016 and caught an L. Um, is is that is it, I mean, do they really have that presence? Well, you know the the actual stadium is like it, it feels like you're playing in a big warehouse, mm-hmm. okay? Because the architectural aesthetics of it is in the old nostalgia like brick, mm-hmm. so it looks like that Boston feel. Uh, you know, if I could say Boston, because of kind of how their architecture and their city kind of incorporates how their stadium look right there. Mm-hmm. The same, that's kind of how it is. It's all incorporated into this area near Greektown and the theater district. So it's where they took a lot of historical buildings and kept them the same, but they've moved buildings and renovated. So that that's the style of the stadium. So when you go in, you know, the stadium sits down in the ground. So it just feels like you're in more of a warehouse that's kind of sitting down in the ground. Makes sense. Because, Makes sense. You know. And, and uh, so Todd wants to know, he, he had put up here, uh, being as you, when you were in Detroit, I mean, they play on Thanksgiving every year. What what, what was it like uh, kind of passing up on Thanksgiving? What Was there any sort of, uh, did you have Thanksgiving with your family on another day? Did you end up like having a meal after the game with your teammates? What, what was games on Thanksgiving like? Well, you know, it was there was always a meal that would be given by the team earlier that week to make sure that you had some because guys that didn't have a family in town or a wife or stuff like that might not have got there. So they'll, they'll provide something. During the day of Thanksgiving, you know, you playing the game and um, if you got a wife, typically, you know, there'll be something cooked, you know, whereas after the game and stuff. But I would tell you that, you know, the weekend is probably when you're going to probably get to indulge on that the most. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those turkeys that they would give us and stuff for being a player of the game, you, we didn't eat those. You know, <laughs> they were props. They were just for show. They were props. <laughs> they, they were props. Look, they were You know, they, they were real turkeys, but, you know. <laughs> it's been sitting there for six hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah. 
was this a prop too? Uh, that, that belly? Yeah, 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 yeah. See now, now what I was doing right there, I was trying to hide the football <laughs> from the team. You know, that's what I was trying to do right there. Oh man, my ribs hurt. Talking you talking yeah. about ribs and food, my ribs do hurt. Oh nah. <laughs> Well, we got now, a, we got a, we got a three game losing streak against you guys right now. I mean, back in uh, you know 15, 16, 19, you guys have gotten the, that W against us. Uh, what, what, what's your take on this weekend? I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that you know, I mean, you feel that like this is going to probably be the one that you guys are going to get for this year. But I mean, like, uh, <laughs> it, it, I, I don't know, man. I I'm kind of well, like at the point where I don't even want to talk anymore. I, I can't even talk any junk anymore right now with my team because well, 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 that's it. This this is I'm gonna help you out, right? So please do. So, <laughs> and, and it may even be the preamble to coach's next speech to the team. <laughs> <laughs> right there, I went up to the mountaintop. Right there, right there. I went up to the mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> Where the eagles that? supposed to nest, and they went up there. <laughs> oh, man. It, was hey. getting, it, was getting, it was getting blocked the whole time. <laughs> Damn, man. But, you, you really but, do need your own show. <laughs> okay. All right. I just had to take one shot. All, no. All <laughs> no, but but honestly. Honestly, I, I think the game is really about even because, again, both teams have some different things they have to establish. You know, one, y'all defense, you know, because of, I guess, the style of defense has been giving up a lot of catches, right? And, and Coach says that he feels that they need to challenge more. And challenging more can also be a matter of, again, technique as a guy instead of, you know, like sometimes guys are, are disguised coverage. Don't disguise it. Go on and just line up in front of them so that that one, two, three yards that might make the difference of a six-inch knockdown on the pass, you can make it up just by going head on and lining up. Because a lot of times, especially young players, they get to seeing pros on TV kind of walking around disguising, and they think, oh, yeah, that's how I'm going to play it. But in actuality, you know, there's a timing to it. You, if you don't get to the position where you're supposed to be in your alignment, that can be that little separation that coach is talking about where they're not challenging him, where you're not putting pressure on the route or you're making him reroute. You know, sometimes the, the it's not even a matter about the completion as much as it is did you reroute, did you disrupt the timing of the route? You know, that's challenging in this way. So in that regard, I think that y'all defense has to try to challenge the Lions receivers and kind of reroute them and, and disrupt the timing for, you know, them and their quarterback. Now, on the other side, you know, I believe that if the Detroit Lions, that defensive line has to have a big day in containing Jalen. Because the one thing that we do know that Jalen Hurd is is an athlete. And he can he can he can scorch you at any time. You know, now I don't know what it is that, you know, I keep hearing from Deshaun Watson to the guy Tua 
to Russell Wilson and all of these different quarterbacks is being named, and this guy just got there, you know? And I think that that doesn't do good for the morale of the quarterback or even of the players that have to play with him because you're not giving us the confidence that's saying that we're going this way with Jalen until they actually traded Flacco. Yeah. yeah. Until they did that, I was like, okay, this guy got a shadow over him. And then there, this constant talk about bringing someone else. You know, this second year, man, look, there are players like Brett Favre. How long did it take him to even for the game to slow down where he could be a quarterback in the NFL? When okay. Brett Favre started early on in Atlanta, man, that dude was a mess. I mean, you Brett Favre come on the field, he going to give you the ball. He might as well have handed it to you. <laughs> really? That's yeah. how bad he was. You're right. You know? You're right. <laughs> so... You're right. So, you know, they got to give them some time. And, and again, new system, new coach, you know. And Jalen, you know, he's a Texas boy. So I know what he cut from. I know where he's from. You know what I mean? They down there in them refineries and them shop, shipyards and stuff. You know, you playing ball in that part of the country, which is in Texas. Shit. <laughs> he came out of that. He got yeah, I mean it in it. Yeah, I mean, he, he's one of those natural born leaders. And, and I, I think the way that the the locker room has surrounded him has been uh, inspiring for a, a younger player like him to, uh, you know, take over a locker room. I think, you know, overall, he, he I think the support that the, we're getting from the front office and the play calling, I, there's just not a connect. There's no there's no marriage. And, and that's the thing that feels the offense feels forced, doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think uh, you're not really playing to a lot of our players' strengths. I think I think Jalen's got to be, you know, you talk about the Carolina Panthers game where we, the Eagles came back and showed a lot of guts, showed a lot of uh, performance at the end of the game. I think that was like overcoming bad play calling. And I think they've been <laughs> in the state of, uh, you know, whether it's Jalen not feeling comfortable in the pocket, it's just the way that our offense is set up. It's just been really weird this year. We don't even know exactly who our offense is uh, week in and week out. We're here in week what eight now, and we still don't even know the identity of this football team. So this is, you know, this is where we're at. This is definitely yeah. where we're at. Well, in, in all honesty, with every every year, every football team has to reestablish. And, you know, it's the middle of the season is about where the teams that are lagging or that didn't have a good start start becoming better football teams. So what you're really looking for in November and December is the ones that's now playing exceptional ball. And then you'll have some teams that started slow. Now they can go out there and knock somebody off that you didn't think they could because they didn't got their act together. So it's not too late for them to find their stride. But I do believe that they need to keep a lot of their internal stuff out of the press because all that does is create more distraction. You know, when you having to ask, you know, like the Fletcher questions and stuff, and mm -hmm. then they go to another teammate to get his response. And, and that player might've been the beneficiary of him having to play that way. You know what I mean? So you got differences of opinions that can be voiced that make it seem like they're on two different sides of the, of the coin and they got to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And they not. Would so they need to get their internal stuff together.
With that so, being said, do you recommend that Nick Sirianni doesn't mention the whole watering, the, the gardening, and, and all that stuff out of the press as well? <laughs> I, I definitely believe that he should kind of leave that, you know, leave that in the locker room. Don't, yeah. don't bring none of that out there. I mean, Not come on, these quotes? You don't like these quotes? Uh, uh, listen, <laughs> Be the fertilizer you want to see in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen here. Check this out. <laughs> Some of these head coaches now, you wonder how they got past their face-to-face verbal interview. Interview because right, right, right. you know, I I would have had to see some of that shit somewhere <laughs> in that interview. <laughs> Like, hold on, hey, hey, hey. literature class over there, man. (laughs) Composition and writing down the hall. (laughs) I'm looking for the kick-ass guy in this room. (laughs) Like, the other when when we had that presser the other day, I was just like. I was I was taken aback, and I, I'm like, I think I would get more from a message if my coach took the projector and threw it up against the wall and kicked some, you know, let let a, a garbage can on fire or just something like that's I need to do some shock value I, at this point in time in the season. I think yeah, if if the messaging is stale already and like you're trying to get people to buy in, like you know, we talk about one percent better, we need to be. 20% better at this point in time. And I I, I get it, man. It's, it's just a lot of uh, moving parts with this team. But I felt like at this point in time, I, I thought like veterans would be able to hold together um, the locker room. And, you know, I just feel like everyone's starting to about to point some fingers at people. Like you got you got the head coach pointing fingers at the defensive coordinator. They have to come back and do like a, a press pressure to say, hey, I wasn't throwing him under the bus. It's getting really weird. Hey, hey, but but I'm 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 gonna just be honest with you now. Now, if, if you guys being Philadelphia Eagle fans, now you know y'all media have some shit starters now. Yeah. <laughs> they certainly are. They're going that locker room and start some shit too. Now, excuse my language, but you know that's the truth, right? Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. Huh? Yeah, All do. right, now Philadelphia media is vicious as. As New York, LA, or Chicago, man, I'm telling you, they vicious over there. Oh yeah, they. I mean, the Philadelphia media is always looking for a story and a twist. And I mean, we we what? got some of the we got some we got some of the players that aren't even answering uh, some of the media members in some of these these press conferences because they're like, uh, next question, yeah. <laughs> next yeah. question, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know who the assholes are. <laughs> 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 Man, oh, man, can, can I talk like that on y'all? Well, listen, I done damn sure ruined it already. <laughs> y'all laughing so hard, my, my lungs is hurting, man. Jerry. We got, uh, I thought we had I thought we had Jerry Ball up here. We got like a professional Jerry Seinfeld up here. Uh, out here. Hey, well, you see now a lot of guys, a lot of people look at me because I am, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm not a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. I'll put I'll put you on your ass. Don't get me wrong. Yes, sir. But but I got a sense of here. This is me. You know what I mean? This is me in the locker room. This is me around my house. 
you know yeah. so you, know, you keep it genuine yeah i love it it's yeah. very it's definitely inspiring man i love it i love the attitude i love it hey well we definitely appreciate the opportunity hey man mm -hmm. really appreciate you hopping on jerry yes sir now, it's been an awesome uh, conversation now before we get out of here i mean we, we got to get that prediction out of you people are waiting people want to know how you're feeling is this the game where the lions catch a dub <laughs> the pause well Look at the pause over here. Well, I, I just want to make sure that I, I can keep. <laughs> I see a flower just, just bloomed on top of that head. I, I know I might have one or two fans over there in Philadelphia. I want to make sure that I'm allowed to come in and oh, get me a cheesesteak hey, and man, you know, you every now and then. You just gave you know, three right here. <laughs> let, let, listen, listen to the Philly sound and all that, you know. <laughs> So this is what I'm going to say, right? There's always been a comparison between who had the better music, Philadelphia or Motown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Now, y'all know, y'all hear that debate, Motown. right? I've heard Motown. that. Motown Philly back again. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that we, we got to take it to the music, man. We can't take it to the football. We got to take it to the music because neither one of them can play an instrument right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I just say, I, I'm going to go ahead on and just predict that the king of the jungle will be the victor. Ooh. 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 Oh, Ooh. okay. All right. okay. All right. I know y'all, I know you didn't like that. You it's know, all good. I, re I respect it. I respect yes, it. Listen, all I'm gonna tell you is that y'all, I know you heard the, the, the little story about, you know, the eagle down there with the chickens, right? <laughs> <laughs> now we, we got some time. We got some time. With nah, I ain't never heard that one. Nah, what's nope. you spilling for? Uh, us? All right, well, I'm gonna try to tell it to you real quick. All right, so there was this eagle that got lost one day and fell out of the nest and stuff. So we falls down at the bottom of the hill, and there's a farm down there, and there's you know some chickens on the ground. And he said, "Well, shit, they got feathers. They look like me. So I'll go over there and I'll join them." So year go by, he grow and he eating, he recognizing that he getting bigger than the chickens. Then all of a sudden there's this big old bird come on down and he swoops down and he sees him and he say, hey, Marty, where you been? He said, man, I fell out and I fell down here with these chickens. He said, well, hell, why don't you stop running down there and fly your ass on up here with the eagles? <laughs> So that we can fly with the winners and get off the bottom with them losers. <laughs> oh man! So, so y'all need to y'all better start flying and get off the ground with them chickens. <laughs> so uh, Prime, uh, how about your your quick prediction before we get out of here? Oh man, listen, I, I, I'm with, I'm with, you know, I'm gonna call you Uncle Jerry, man, because you, you, you like that uncle, man, you, you that uncle. Uh, I'm a uh, wait, invite me to the barbecue now. Oh, listen, listen, hey, the, no, no, the fans already, oh, hey, no, the fans already eat, want you, you at a tailgate. Hey, yeah, look, they want hey. you at the tailgate. Oh man, I, I'm coming, I'm coming now. Nah, 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 
Now I'm gonna be that uncle that's gonna be wearing some fragrance and stuff. So I ain't wearing it. I, look here, I ain't wearing it for you in no sweatshirt. Listen, you ain't gonna be uncle without the shit. So you might as well. Hey, I'm not wearing it for the sweatshirt, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh look, my prediction, man. Uh oof. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm gonna go with my words, man. They they gotta pull this out. They have no choice. They gotta get their shit together. And I think this weekend, I'm not saying that they're gonna com- be completely there, but you know, I mean they, they it baby steps, and I think the baby step starts this weekend. I'm going with my birds. Ah, mm. uh, I mean honestly. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I was like, you, you've been hanging out with Jerry too long. Man. I know. Nah, I, man. Hollywood's nah, about to say something. Yeah, nah. I mean, dude, I think that um, I think that this Nick Sirianni just doesn't have the reins at all on this team. I think that the Eagles in the past have uh, – we've gone into these types of games. I'm thinking of a game like Miami a few years ago. We went into it as a bad team, and we're like, this is the game that we end up turning around. And then we end up getting embarrassed completely blown out by the Dolphins that were just an awful, awful team. Um, I don't think we get blown out, but honestly, I don't think we win this game. Oh, wow. I say 21-17. Wow. Okay, Evan. Wow. Hey, oh, wow. When, I, when I predicted losses in the past, pretty much every time we've won. So reverse psychology, I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I think this is, this is it's for, for Lion fans out here saying that the Eagles are, are a get-right game. I'm going to go right back and, you know, after playing up, you know, playing, uh, you know, Stafford last week, you'll play tremendous. I, th- I think Campbell makes you all play with some heart at the end of the day, every, every game. But I feel like this is the get right game for the Eagles. And, and if this, if, if they do catch it out, I, I don't normally speak ifs, but it could be the, it could be a grenade to the whole damn picture like if they catch an l to you know you jerry you talked about the media in philadelphia they will have a ball with this loss if they if they lose it, it is it's gonna be a tremendous backbreaker to you know everyone at that front office is gonna have to speak up because it's gonna be uh you're gonna have to pay someone's gonna have to pay for this this yes, is the one if some if they lose to the lions lurry is gonna fire someone yeah. i think someone well, is well, Sure well, as hell, can we'll let's fire Lori. I wish we could. <laughs> oh, 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 y'all don't have oh, so, so neither one of y'all brought y'all picky back to the car. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all didn't bring your money to the day. table, right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we're taking donations. If you want to help uh, out, we, we are. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to make any contributions toward an eagle game. Not at all. <laughs> Now, uh, before we get out of here, man, it was amazing. Uh, you yeah. want to just give you an opportunity uh, to promote whatever you want to promote. Uh, we'll give you the last word uh, with Mr. Jerry Ball. Hey, well, I definitely appreciate it. And, you know, uh, you guys, you know, have a great year, great holiday. You know, I, I want to wish you well, you know, for the remainder of the season. Not this week, but the week following. <laughs> Just be clear. Yeah, well, hey, I, you wouldn't want me to seem like I'm an Indian giver, right? <laughs> Tell you I wish you well and then take it back when Sunday comes. I, I'm telling you up front, I want you to lose. 
<laughs> but, but you know, hey, you can see us on Believe in the Lions, being Jack Cavanaugh. You know, we're on, you know, and um, you know, just stay tuned and love to talk football with you anytime. Call me back and you know. If you guys ever figure how to hatch an egg and stuff and get a win, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't no hey. better last word than that right there. <laughs> hey, uh, Jerry, man, again, appreciate you for stopping by and uh, all the gems that you uh, laid upon us. Um, and uh, thank you for all the laughs because we've had a, a rough last yeah, we, couple we weeks. Needed that, we, we, we needed that, man. We, <laughs> we needed laughs and we needed you. I know the fans in the chat enjoyed all the commentary tonight. Uh, but for us and Jerry, uh, we'll see you guys soon. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs>